here at ACO Radio, American Communications Online, or any affiliated stations or websites are not responsible for what guests, hosts, or call-ins may say. All programming is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Hello, world. This is TJ Morris, and you're listening to ET Radio. We are sponsored by our group called ACO Club Tonight for the American Communications Online. So welcome, everybody. We appreciate you tuning in, especially in our social media groups. We have many of them, thousands of people. It's free to join ACO Association and UFO Association, and we're working together. And tonight we have uh, Dr. Sam Samiros-Monagich, and we're very excited because he is a world traveler, and he is one of the most well-known people that I've ever heard of that knows about all the pyramids and the people and the cultures, and he's been a great lecturer and you may want to catch him on YouTube when you have time, uh, Dr. Sam Samir Osmanagich. And a lot of us, uh, we can't say the little tick over the C, so we've been putting uh, H after Osmanagich. It's what in America, so O-S-M-A-N-I-G-I-C-H. And he apparently doesn't mind. So great person, wonderful person that people are drawn to in a lot of areas, not just in culture in art and education, but he's been able to help a lot of companies and countries at the same time. So in cyberspace, we work together to help all our associations and all of humanity. But let me introduce my co-host, my co-director, Thomas R. Becker, for our oral history recording here. We're recording live out of Gulf Breeze, Florida. Thomas R. Becker, you are in Georgia in the United States. Is that correct? Do you want to introduce yourself, please? Yes, ma'am. I'm in Georgia. <laughs> I hope everybody had having a good evening. I look forward to this talk with uh, Dr. Sam. He's a very interesting man, and uh, I'm really interested in the uh, pyramids in Bosnia. All right. Well, thank you. Ken Johnston has just received uh, messages, and he's uh, tied up tonight, but he is working with a lot of groups, and uh, he is very helpful and just got over, uh, returned from Knoxville, Tennessee, doing the Alien Expo, and he sold all all of his books. So people were very interested in uh, Ken R. Johnston, who is born Ralph Kennedy Johnston, Senior, so we miss you, Ken. So just to let you know, you're missed. Now on with Dr. Sam. Dr. Sam, we're going to give you the floor to discuss A to Z in the Ascension Age, and we were really excited to be a part of your life. So, uh, what would you like to introduce yourself? Being that you're so, you have so many facets, and you're so busy. Last night I read your itinerary, and I'm looking forward to helping just keep up with you as you bounce around the world. So, Dr. Sam, how would you like yes. to introduce yourself? Well, first of all, thank you, Teresa, for having me on the show for the second time. So, my name is Dr. Sam Osmanagic, and uh, I've been a pyramid and megalithic sites researcher for the last few decades. My PhD is in the Mayan pyramids that were built in the 
Central American countries, so Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador, Belize, and Mexico. I'm the author of 18 books on ancient civilizations, and they've been translated into 17 languages. And um, right now I live in Bosnia, where I'm running the most active archaeological site in the world, the Bosnian Pyramid Project. So the last uh, couple of decades, it's been a very busy time for me because I think it is time that people learn about the true history of our planet. And through my research, I've come to the conclusion that almost everything they teach us about the ancient history is wrong. The origin of man, civilizations, and pyramids. When it comes to the man, to the human beings, to Homo sapiens, we are not product of the evolution, but of the genetical engineering, which happened 400,000 years back. When it comes to the civilizations, they have not started 6,000 years ago with the Sumerians, and then 5,000 years back with the ancient Egypt, Babylon, Akkad, Assyria, Hittite, ancient India. And when it comes to the pyramids, they are programming us that they are built only in Egypt and Mexico. That's wrong. They are built all over the planet on all six continents. I know that because I have been researching them on all six continents. And secondly, talking about the pyramids, they are telling us that they were built by the pharaohs as tombs. Well, only in Egypt there are 100 and 55 pyramids. Not in a single one mummy has been recovered. No bones, no hieroglyphic writings in the pyramids, no symbols, no royal furniture, no organic material, not a single proof who, when, how, and why. The matter of fact, the stories by the Egyptologists in the last two centuries supported by the Hollywood movies about the pyramids being tombs for the pharaohs, is the biggest hoax in human history. And uh, finally, 15 years back, after I have researched pyramids on all continents, I came to my home country of Bosnia to visit the local museum in the town called Visoko, rather close to the capital city of Sarajevo. And then I saw this, which everybody called hill, because it is covered by soil and vegetation. And I was looking at it, four sides, triangular faces, four obvious corners, the same slope from the bottom to the top. And those four sides meet at apex. Geometrically speaking, it was very obvious to me that it was a pyramid. I took a compass, and compass showed me that those four sides perfectly matched the cardinal points, east, west, north, and south. And this is how the pyramids are built in China, Egypt, Indonesia, in Cambodia, Mexico, Guatemala, and other countries. 
So at that time, I started getting permission for the preliminary work, geological core drilling, archaeological trenches, lab analysis, everything I did pointed in the direction that it was an artificial structure. So October 2005, I published my first book about the discovery of the first European pyramids. I had a big press conference and the word went out that pyramids were discovered in Bosnia. Since then, we've been having a lot of opponents, especially from the cultural establishment, archaeologists, geologists, Egyptologists, museum curators, historians, claiming it's impossible to have pyramids in Bosnia. But also, we've been having thousands and thousands of supporters, volunteers, great number of visitors, and other friends who come, actually, to our sites and who can witness that it is in front of us, the largest pyramid complex ever built, and below the pyramids, the most extensive prehistorical underground tunnel network. With this project, we forever change our history books. That's amazing, Doctor. And uh... How do you uh, do the separation from the part we see in the YouTube videos uh, where the tourists go up and the uh, gentleman with the red shirts because some of us are tied to families and we can't come to Bosnia, so we depend a lot on YouTube these days. But where they go up in the uh, tourist uh, portion when they come in from the main street, then where are the tunnels from there, and how did you discover those, if you don't mind sharing? Because right. we only we, we can see from the YouTubes, but, uh, you know, yes. I guess we're just uh, – we're trying to understand more, and I want to get into okay. a lot of the part with the sound. But yes. give us a, uh, a little this, idea. Yeah. This is what we have. So Towering the Town is the biggest pyramid, which I named the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun. You climb the top of the pyramid like I did back in 2005. Just across the valley, you can see another, what they call hill, with the regular geometry, triangular faces, plateau on the top, and perfect side orientation. I named that one the Bosnian Pyramid of the Moon. And then we were checking the topographic maps, and we could clearly notice three more four-sided hills with the perfect orientation. And the, through the archaeological excavation in the years that followed, 2005, we have realized that we have at least five pyramid structures named the Bosnian Pyramids of the Sun, Moon, Dragon, Temple of Mother Earth, and Pyramid of Love. Now, three main pyramids, the Sun, Moon, and Dragon, when we connect their tops, We have a distance between sun and the moon of 1.4 miles, moon to dragon, 1.4 miles, dragon back to the sun, 1.4 miles. So this is equilateral triangle, which is the perfect geometrical shape and as such part of the sacred geometry. You have sacred geometry, you have movement of the energy. 
Now, below the Bosnian Valley of the Pyramids, as you named it, I discovered the tunnels. Well, why and how did I discover them? Through my previous research, I realized that under the Giza Pyramid in Egypt, Khufu, Kefra, and Mykerinos, there are three levels of tunnels, which unfortunately are not open for the public because they are much older than what the official chronology is telling us for the pyramids. They are telling us it was built by the pharaoh Khufu 4,550 years ago, his son Kefren, his grandson Mykerinos, so it's only 4,500. But those tunnels, it's obvious they are more than 12,000 years, meaning the pyramids, which are part of the same complex, are much older than what they are telling us. So we have tunnels in Giza, in Egypt. We have them in Saqqara, under the steppe pyramid of Joseph, also in Egypt. Those tunnels, they run for miles and miles. In China, under 250 Shanxi province pyramids, there are always tunnels. I know that because the archaeologists over there showed me that. There are tunnels under the biggest city of pyramids in Mexico called Teotihuacan, one and a half hour drive to the north from the capital city of uh, New, Me uh, New Mexico. Now, those tunnels, they are under the Sun Pyramid, Moon, and Quetzalcoatl Pyramid. Then, again, go to the Mayan world in the state of Chiapas in Mexico, the beautiful city of Palenque. 25 pyramids that are uncovered so far. They've been connected with the tunnels, but now archaeologists are saying that all the pyramids in the city and originally, it was 1,229 pyramids and pyramid terraces. They are all connected by tunnels and so on. So based on that, my experience and knowledge, I knew that the tunnels had to be somewhere. So I started looking for the natural caves and tunnels and holes until I discovered this entrance to what everybody called natural cave. I went inside and then I saw that there is about 50 feet long little tunnel. Everybody called it natural, but I was looking at the ceiling. It was half radius. I said, this is not natural. We started clearing some material there, pebbles, rocks, and sand. We discovered another tunnel, and another one, and the drywalls, and intersections. Very soon, we had a huge network of tunnels that we discovered. So, based on those two things, the pyramids above the ground and tunnels below the ground, we have concluded that we have huge pyramid complex. How does it go in reality? I had to form a non-profit, non-government organization called Archaeological Park Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun Foundation for the archaeological digging and the scientific research. And based on the organization, we were able to submit our request for the permissions from the government. Government and Ministry of Culture needs to issue the permission, and they do that every year. And every year they renew our reports, and they, you know, renew us um, uh, permission. So we are uncovering the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun. What happened there? Under five feet of soil, they started discovering blocks. They are rectangular, they are square, different shapes. We analyzed the material at the Institute for Materials, 
in seven institutes in Italy, Politecnico di Torino, in France, Geopolitan Institute, in Czech Republic, in Slovakia, in Bosnia. Everybody told us that it was an artificially made concrete. Now, the whole pyramid, the Bosnian pyramid of the sun, is covered in this ancient concrete. When it comes to concrete, we can determine the quality based on two properties. One is hardness. Harder the concrete, better the quality. In 21st century, our concretes are in the range from 10 megapascals to 60 megapascals. 60, the best quality concrete made in Germany, made in USA. Well, we have analyzed 50 samples of the Bosnian pyramid concrete, and the hardness is in the range from 73 to 134 megapascals. So this is the best quality concrete ever. And the second property for the quality of the concrete is water absorption. If water can get inside the concrete during the winter time, it freezes. And now you have ice. Ice has a tendency to expand and concrete breaks. So our norms in 21st century for the concrete when it comes to water absorption is up to 3%. And the Bosnian pyramid concrete, only 1% superior. My so goodness, now, so old. Yeah, so, so that's because we've like, lost the education, right? We've lost our lost ancient cultures. And, uh, you know, when we make a concrete, Teresa, what we do, we take, you know, pebbles, sand, water, and cement. What they did, pebbles, sand, water, and instead of cement as a binder, they used melted clay. Now, clay wow. is a natural material, but they yes. knew the property of natural construction materials better than us. So, Amazing. as far as the size of the Bosnian pyramids in comparison to Egyptian pyramids, the largest pyramid in the world has been considered the Great Pyramid of Egypt, or Khufu Pyramid, with a height of 147 meters, or it's about 475 feet. Well, the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun is at least 300 meters, or two times bigger, larger, than the greatest pyramid in Egypt. So now we have the biggest pyramids on the planet. The next element, uh, many Egyptologists are aware that the Egyptian pyramids, they are all oriented to the north, cosmic north. For example, the Great Pyramid of Egypt has the best orientation and the error from the perfect north is zero degrees and three minutes. The Catherine, the second largest, zero degrees, three minutes. Mikarinos, the third largest, zero degrees and 18 minutes. Set pyramid in Saqqara, three degrees and so on. Well, the Bosnian pyramid of the sun has an error of zero degrees, zero minutes and 12 seconds. So this They're is even the smarter than the Egyptians. Yes, yeah, the most Bosnia. precise orientation on the planet. Amazing. The next element. The age, the age of the pyramid. Well, for Egyptians, they claim 4,500, but serious researchers, they know that it is, it is more than 12,000. 
or Chinese pyramids, 20 biggest one, they're saying 2,300, but the researchers, especially from 1960s, when they deciphered partially clay tablets, they said it was 12,500. Mexican pyramids, they're also saying, let's say the Sun Pyramid in Teotihuacan, 2,200 years, built for 150 years long. The first pyramid there before 12,000 years. And as far as the Bosnian pyramids, what we did first uh, through the Institute for Pedology, we've analyzed the soil, origin of soil. The age of the soil that covers the pyramid is between 12 and 15. 15,000 years, meaning the structure below is much older. And then we discovered... Like, I want to ask you real quick. Yeah, okay, is that about the same time? Yeah, Gobekli Tepe in Eastern Turkey is officially 11,600. That's what Wikipedia says, and as always, Wikipedia is wrong. Uh when I spoke to late Dr. Klaus Schmidt, he confirmed it was between 15 and 18,000 years old. And the so how does that pyramid, compare with yours? Yeah, comparatively. First, we remove the layers of soil, about five feet. Then we got those concrete blocks exposed. We have the first row. Below is the second row of the concrete blocks, and the third and the fourth. Well, between the first and second row of concrete, we discovered fossilized leaves. How did they get there? Well, the ancient builders were pouring the concrete blocks, the first layer, the wind was blowing, bringing those leaves, and then they pour the second layer. So in between the layers, you got those leaves. And they are extremely important because they are organic material. You Carbon dating. You can date them, exactly. And we did radiocarbon dating in the lab in Kiev, in Europe. And the age is 29,200 years. Plus, minus oh my gosh. Years. So we and go this back. Is all the information space. we lost. Yeah, yeah, we lost so this all is uh, 30,000 years, but then this is not actually the precise age because 29,200 is a radiocarbon age. And okay, in order for to the leaf, the calibrated date or calendar age, you need to add approximately 15%. So, our friend Dr. Paula Violet, astrophysicist from the US, he uh, measured it and it is almost. 34,000 years. So 34,000 34, is now. Uh, it's, a, well, it's, a, it's a lot. I mean, comparing to what they tell us, Sumerian, 6,000 years. You have 34,000 years here. It changes everything. This is a game. And Gobekli Tepe that gets all Gobekli the. Tepe, you know, according to the original uh, discoverer, Dr. Klaus Schmidt, between 15 and 18,000 years. Well, however, so yours is double that. Your discovery yeah. is double what however, back there is, another, is. Yeah. there is another pyramid which is extremely old. It is in uh, Western Java, Indonesia. It was discovered by our friend, Dr. Danny Hillman. He is a geophysicist with his PhD from California. And he discovered the pyramid there, which, uh, which is called Gunung Padang, the Hill of Light which is 26,000 years old. 
Now, when we add some other sites, for example, Yonaguni monuments on the bottom of the Pacific floor, over 12,000. So it seems that we are not talking about an anomaly, but we are talking about another civilizational cycle. You see, what they've been teaching us in schools is that our history is nothing but the evolution. 10, 20, 50,000 years back, they claim we were primitive cavemen. And now we've been developing, and today in 21st century, we are the most intelligent, the most advanced, and the most beautiful. Well, that's wrong. The history of humanity in the last 100,000 years is not nothing but evolution, but cycle after cycle after cycle. The previous cycle ended 11,500 years back, or let's say 12,000 years ago, with the end of the last ice age. And now, is that, that when time, they claim the deluge happened in the uh, yes, Noahs? Exactly. And the, okay, the, the, the so that's the water flood. table. The Bible we start flood, there. Exactly, 11,500. What happened in Europe? Everything north from Austria meaning Germany, Poland, France, Scandinavia, UK, it had ice reaching more than one and a half mile in thickness. The same situation in Northern Asia, the same situation here in North America. And now imagine all this ice has melted. Huge quantities of water went into the world, seas and oceans. And Pacific Ocean went up for 275 feet, Atlantic Ocean, 400 feet. The tsunamis were reaching more than one mile. Can you imagine the power? The last time when big tsunami hit our planet was December 2004 in Indonesia. If you remember? Yes. When the tsunami was about yeah, my birthday. It hit my birthday. Yes. yes, that's why and, I remember it so well. My birthday. Yes, and what happened? We were we remembering those. We are remembering those things, horrible things, when those huge floodways are coming, killing people, and everything that is was you know ahead of it. So at that time, the tsunami was 85 feet in height, 85 feet. And now imagine, imagine one and a half mile tsunami. Mm. I mean. This is, uh, you know, like 8,000 feet, very, very powerful, and it wiped off 99% of humanity and all the civilization on the surface. So, less than 1% of people survived. They were hidden in underground tunnels or natural caves on the top of the mountains. When they got outside, after hundreds of years, their world, their civilization was destroyed. So they had to start from the beginning. And this is what scientists called beginning of the Neolithic times, 12,000 years back. So before this cycle, there was another one. Now, before 12,000, there was another big catastrophe, 18,000 years. And another one, 32,000 years. And another one, 55,000 and 75,000 years back. So just in the last 100,000 years, we got five huge global catastrophes and at least six civilizational cycles. Now, so, now help us real quick get a timeline, Doc. When was Atlantis 
and Mu are Lemuria. So Mu is a timeline before Atlantis. Is it not the Pangaea, Australia? No, so Pangaea could, is no. millions of years back. Now, when okay. it, we can, of course, we can speculate because personally, I'm a scientist. I need to see physical proofs. But based okay. on the literature, uh, on the literature and some of the geological evidence, it seems that there was not only one phase of Atlantis, like everybody thinks, but at least three phases. The first one, the oldest one, 50,000 years ago. The second one, 18,000 years ago, and the third one that was destroyed 11,500 years back. How okay, do we Okay, so know three that? phases. Yes, how do we know that? Uh, the Russian nuclear submarines a few decades ago, when the radiocarbon dating was invented, they were diving very deep in the central Atlantic area. They discovered below the Azores. Islands, they discovered beaches. They got organic material, they dated 12,000 and 18,000 years. So these are the last two phases. Also, geologically, we know that there was not one huge island or small continent in the Central Atlantic Ocean, but two. And that one, the second one, the one uh, to the north, closer to the Greenland, that one, because of some catastrophe, sunk on the bottom of the Atlantic 55,000 years back. So that was the end of the first phase. Now, when you talk about Motherland Moor, Lemuria, again, we can speculate, but it seems that at least 55,000 years back, we can talk about Motherland Moor. How do we know that? Well, according to the new science called anthropological genetics, We've learned about the movement, about the migrations of all humans on the planet. For example, in Europe, the oldest people are the Basques. They live in Spain and southern France, 55,000 years. The second oldest cultural oasis in Europe is the Balkan and Bosnia, and Bosnian pyramids are exactly in the middle of the Balkan Peninsula. 38,000 years. And the third oldest, Ukraine, around the Black Sea, about 28,000. But uh, from the late 1990s, we learned that there was a communication between Asia and South America. And this is important because of both Lemuria and Motherland Mu, because at that time there were many more bigger islands than what we have today. So people were able to move uh, much easier than today between those islands. So what we are finding out that uh, 55,000 years back is when the human remains uh, originate in South America, which is totally... Did they find bodies? Or is that Uh, based on legend? No, no, no. no. Uh, The way you do it with the genetic... uh, uh, the way you do it, you do it uh, through DNA and the haplogroups, haplogroups. So basically, uh, descendants, even people who live there now in Peru, Colombia, and those countries, they have this gene. They have you know, the haplogroup, which we can trace back 55,000 years. And that would be the phase. Is this in Brazil, too? Would that yeah, be yeah, Brazil? The whole, the, whole, the whole Southern America, I mean, in Brazil, of course, we have pyramids hidden in 
Amazon in the jungles. And I mean, this this country is totally, you know, untouched archaeologically. So, like I said, based on uh, uh, certain scientific research, some geological, some DNA, and some other records, we can be uh, very confident and claim that in last 100,000 years we did have very advanced civilizations. And now and we can count Mu. We can count Motherland Mu forward. Motherland Mu, forward, but then I would say it goes even deeper in the past, and uh, it is questionable. Are we talking only about the physical aspect? I would say that was a transition phase when uh, you know our uh, Grand, grand, grandfathers were moving from the spiritual aspect in a lower physical aspect. They wanted to experience the material world through the physical senses. So uh, probably there's a reason why you know you cannot really find any of the physical remains. Or uh, you know, however, uh, Pacific is still you know untouched. Uh, when it comes to very serious uh, archaeological research, even places like Easter Island, you know, the stories that the primitive, you know, local people from this island were able to move and carve and transport and erect those 375-ton uh, heads and bodies is, of course, unbelievable. And they are saying they used only the primitive stone tools again it is impossible to shave those beautiful heads on this island which is in the middle of nowhere i mean we're talking 5000 kilometers away from south america 10000 kilometers away from tahiti and then plus they had the megalithic walls they have stone spheres and they have rondo rondo writing i mean only on this island all other pacific islands you know they had nothing so it seemed that, that, that uh, it was some kind of the episode. Probably somebody landed there, stayed for some time, and then left. And our planet was that the is giant? full of such... Do you, hmm? uh, I, I know you have to have scientific proof, but uh, was that, at least uh, in legends, was that giants from, we call them extraterrestrials, uh, regardless of the part of the uh, cosmos they come from, but could they have landed here? I've, I, I can't prove it, but I've heard stories in our Ace Folklife Society about giants. Uh, well, came giants have been mentioned all over the planet. And okay. uh, they are in oral stories everywhere. It can be India, it can be Africa, it can be North America. And uh, let me remind you on a time when Smithsonian Institute was established, that was the second half of the 19th century. And the first assignment their teams had was to destroy mounds all over the United States of America and uh, get all the artifacts, bodies, bones from out of there. Those mounds, uh, some of them are very significant in size. We call them in archaeology uh, tumulus. Now, tumulus is an artificial conical hill. There were thousands of them. Today there are few of them and they are, you know, equally significant and impressive. For example, Cahokia National Park in the state of Illinois is a home for more than 120 pyramids. They call them mounds. They're actually pyramids. 
And uh, I read an interview in, uh, which was published in 1884 in Chicago Tribune, uh, where the journalist was asking the head of the Smithsonian team about their assignments. They said, well, you know, we have to destroy those mounds. We have to retrieve all the archaeological material, get it to Smithsonian. And what happened there? They, it seems that they were finding the bones of those giants because uh, some of them were like 12 feet, 14 feet, or even 20 feet in size. And, uh, you know, Today we know nothing about them. And, uh, well, isn't it that how that the giants were built in, in Egypt? Those statues are said to be exact replicas of beings. Uh, okay, that's now that, my, okay that, uh-huh. this is a very good question. I will answer that question also. Let me finish with the Smithsonian. So what happened yes. from the end of the 19th century, all this material ended up in the basements of Smithsonian Institutes, never to be seen by the public. So 99% of their artifacts are actually hidden, and they are not exposed to us. So what they show, 1% is really irrelevant. Like Indiana Jones movies. They throw them in the Pentagon down in the basement somewhere. You know what? The classic is exactly what's been happening. So when they show something like that in the fiction movie, you would say it's a fiction. When somebody shows up, start talking about it, they say, oh, no, no, this is just a fiction from Indiana Jones. <laughs> I mean, the elites are very smart. They, smart, they yes. master the deceptions. Now, you asked <laughs> about, about Egypt. Of course, the stories that we heard from Egyptologists are really nothing but uh, the bedtime stories about the pharaohs <laughs> of the fourth dynasty building those pyramids with the 100,000 slaves. Well, wait a minute. Some of those blocks, like the biggest one in Catherine's pyramid, the second largest, is 220 tons. It's a granite block coming from Aswan from 500 miles to the south. How did they move 220 tons? I mean, Giants. 220 tons Bigger people. It's almost 500,000 pounds. Half a million pounds, no way that they had technology to transport. They did not even have a wheel. When the Japanese tried to make a replica of the whole trip, they made just two-ton block, two tons. They made a replica of little barge, little you know, boat that they could see on hieroglyphic writings. And the boat sunk with a two-ton block. How to explain 220, 100 times bigger and heavier? So, obviously, it was not ancient pharaohs, as you know them, who are builders of those pyramids. And you ask if uh, some of those statues do show the giants. Well, again, let's invite science in help. The most important document from Egypt is actually not in Egypt. It is in Italy, in the Egyptian Museum in Turin. It is called the Turin King List. And it is on display. It's been there from 1820. At that time, Turin was part of France, and the French consul, you know, he got it on auction in Cairo. He brought it to then French, today Italy. And on this uh, papyrus, which is very long, all Egyptian rulers are listed in 11 columns. The last nine columns, are the third phase in Egyptian history. 
This phase is called Sons of Gods. Sons wow. Of gods. Sons of Gods is what Egyptian pharaohs called themselves. They did not use term pharaoh, this is from ancient Greece from 2,000 years ago, it has nothing to do with those rulers, or kings. They call themselves sons of gods. And so so the language has changed as well, right? The way we talk, the way we think, our cultures, our traditions, we don't even relate the same thoughts that they did back then, much less have words to match. Now those sons of gods, they are actually homo sapiens. They are like you and I. So uh, those sons of God, some of them would rule Egypt two years, like King Tut, King Tutankhamun. Some of them 67 years, like Ramesses II. But they were humans. Now, the phase before this one, and this one started 5,100 years back with the king Menem who united lower and upper Egypt. Well, the phase before that was the phase of demigods or semi-gods or mythical kings. Now, those okay. demigods, they would rule Egypt 200, 300, or 400 years each, each. So imagine how long they could live. And the phase before this one is the phase of gods who descended from the sky to Egypt and who ruled Egypt. The last two phases, demigods and gods, lasted 36,620 years. And when you add 5,100 years of the third phase, sons of God, we are talking 41,000 years. So, if we want to know the real history of Egypt, we would need to go back for 40,000 years. And if we want to know the true builders of the biggest and the most superior Egyptian pyramids, go back 40,000 years ago. The Sphinx, 40,000 years. The beginning of Luxor and Karnak with those huge obelisks reaching 375 tons. Again, gods and demigods. Abu Simbel, those four huge statues. And uh, they, you know, you go there, the tourist guide will tell you, oh, this is uh, Ramesses II, Ramesses the Conqueror, the most magnificent ruler, blah, blah, blah. However, you look at those faces, you can see four different faces. It is not one person. So everything they tell us really about the ancient history is wrong. And yes, some of those beings, they were very beautiful, by the way. They were, you know, uh, hominids. When you look at them, I would say, yes, they were much bigger than us. They were the true giants. And then when you travel the rest of the Middle East, for example, you go up to northern Israel, beautiful fortress, they call it Nimrod Fortress. Then you go to eastern Turkey, one interesting mountain, on the top of the mountain, somebody dropped 75,000 tons of ground rocks. Rocks are like two, three inches radius. So somebody ground the rocks and they dropped them probably from some type of a spaceship on the top of the mountain. And this, the rocks, they formed a tumulus, conical, you know, hill. They call this mountain in Turkish language Nemrut mountain, or it is Nimrod mountain. You go to Syria, Nimrod fortresses. You go to Iraq, Nimrod. Nimrod is everywhere. 
And who's Nimrod? Nimrod was a giant, according to the legends. So it was a person, a man, so big, so powerful, so... so it seems that the stories about the giants are omnipresent. I mean, you go to Sardinia and Italy, you go to India, you go to different places. However, there is another extreme, very small people. Now, we know, for example, that uh, in Tibet, it seems that a long time ago, some people landed there. They could not go back to their homes, wherever it was. And uh, they looked like people, like humans, but they were not humans. Or another case. You know, in 1967, the Chinese archaeologist was having a conference in Japan, and he said that 200 pyramids were discovered, he found clay tablets, and then he said that he partially deciphered this clay tablet. And the tablet described a spaceship who, after the cosmic accident, ended up on our planet. It was in irreparable state. They could not repair it. They had to stay on the planet, and they continued the tradition from their planet of pyramid building. So well, they do you think Nimrod was here? But Nimrod, Nimrod in, in, in the, the Bible. East, Nimrod, yeah, Nimrod was in the Middle East. You know, they call him the giant. They call him the great warrior, and so on. So in Genesis, you tell, uh, they say he's the first man are the first on earth to be a mighty man. So he was a mighty hunter before the Lord. So that was it, beginning in the Genesis, right, with Babel, yeah, well, the rock. calling him hunter because hunting at that time, in prehistorical time, before the agricultural revolution, that was the major occupation. So if you oh, were okay. skilled he in was hunting, a mighty, if you were skilled in, in hunting, then you would lead your nations, you would lead your people. So we can see uh, a lot of uh, anomalies comparing to us, you know, humans. So we are the, we are not the only size of uh, humanoids on this planet. There are many other different sizes, much bigger and much smaller. Well, you mentioned spaceship. Can we go there a little bit? Are you allowed because you work so we can go high up? <laughs> Well, I love the pyramids, and in my uh, – I don't know as much as you do as far as traveling the world. You've gone many more places than I ever dreamed about, and you're seeing and carrying and changing the, the, the narrative in the best way possible, meaning your eyes, your experience, your perception, your filters. You're a very mighty man like Nimrod now. For us, the little people now. <laughs> I'm 5'11". I don't know. How tall are you? Dr. Sam? You're 5'11". Okay, you're yes, good. Yes, how tall six, are you? I'm 6'1". You're, oh, 6'1". Okay, well, that's good. So we're mighty people for the little people yes. that walk on the planet. When I go to UK, England, the men were much bigger, taller than me. But for what we're doing now, if we bring in the word of the spaceships like you just did, it, it changes our narrative because that's not accepted like the giants are the you know anything from the deluge in the bible that just means that people with noah they started taking better notes or sounds of the music inside the pyramids or did the you know i, I want to know what all got lost during that time because i was brought up with the bible and genesis so well, i didn't know uh, there was stuff before when i was at you know, nobody you know, would tell is, me uh, yeah you know there is a uh, 
the time of the archaeologists, Egyptologists, historians who jealously guard their sites is over. You need to open those sites to open-minded scientists, to multidisciplinary research. You know, when we have proven that uh, we have a, a pyramid complex in Bosnia, we decided to move on. Moving on in our case was, let's figure out what was the purpose of pyramids. Archaeologists could not help us. Nobody teaches them about the true purpose of pyramids. So we needed experts in energy phenomena, physicists, electrical engineers, sound engineers, telecommunication engineers. They started coming in and measuring on the Bosnian pyramids, different phenomena. You see what we have found out? Number one, through the very top of the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun, diameter of 13 feet, there is an energy beam which is electrical in nature, frequency of 28 kilohertz, focused and continuous. Continuous meaning we measure it in the spring and summer and fall and winter. It's always there. And this energy beam goes just above the ground, 13 feet, and then it expands to 70 feet, coming back narrow, 13, 70, 13, 70, going up toward our sun. Now, for the physicists, there was no doubt. These were the scalar waves. Scalar waves were researched by uh, Nikola Tesla 120 years ago, probably one of the most yes. brilliant minds ever shown out on this planet. And yeah. the main feature of the scalar wave is that they travel quicker than the speed of light. What yes. does that mean? Well, the speed of light is a really huge speed. And according to Albert Einstein's hypothesis, this is the biggest speed in the universe. It is 185,000 miles per second. If you try to travel quicker, he stated, you are going to material, uh, dematerialize. Well, that speed of light is actually very slow. From here to the sun, it takes seven and a half minutes for the light to travel. From here to the northern star, 700 years. From here to the center of our galaxy, Milky Way, 40,000 years. From here to the center of the universe, where the old guy in the white robe is sitting and being very busy creating the worlds and the life, the creator, it takes five billion years. Now imagine, Teresa, if you and I, if we were creators, if we have created so many solar systems and planets and the galaxies and the life forms, you would like to know what's going on immediately, not in five billion years, and Therefore, the speed of light is very slow from that perspective. But the speed of scalar waves is 10 billion times bigger than the speed of light. Meaning, from one end of the galaxy to another one, you move instantly. How is that possible? Well, not only that we will need to change Einstein's hypothesis, now we need to change something else they taught us in school. They were telling us that 85% of the universe is actually empty space. There is nothing. It's vacuum. 
wrong. There is not such a thing in the universe as empty space. You always have some nano-electrical charge, and the scalar waves move like a wave. They don't travel from point A to B. They travel from one end to another one. So now you see how this Bosnian pyramid project is bringing so much troubles for the conventional science. Number one, first pyramids in Europe. Number two, the biggest on the planet. Number three, the most precise orientation to the north of the planet. Number four, the best quality concrete from the ancient time on the planet. Number five, the oldest pyramid on the planet. Number six, the most extensive underground tunnel network. Number seven, now, besides the history, we need to change our present, the physics, astronomy, and so on. And that's not all. We have noticed that besides this energy beam going through the top, there are very beneficial energies in the underground tunnels, which we call Ravne tunnels. What energies? The good thing about this is everything is measurable. If you can measure, you can scientifically prove. So, what do we have there? Number one, we have three pyramid energies. The first one, the best electromagnetic field. The second one, the best ultrasound frequency of 28 kilohertz. It is known as the levitation frequency. Number three, extremely low frequency, ELF of 7.83 hertz. In science, it is called the Schumann resonance. It is our original resonance, original energy field of the planet. It has been like that until 1990, but not after that. After that, so much our bad technology, TVs, computers, laptops, cell phones, electrical grid, American projects hard, thing after thing, all this bad, bad electromagnetic energy or EM smog, as they call it, it needs to go somewhere. It goes to the ionosphere above our head around the planet, and it puts pressure on our mother planet. And then she started resonating higher, 10 hertz, 12 hertz, 15 hertz. It is not our natural energy field. How does it affect us? We become under pressure, under stress. So we, we are changed. You and I, we know that. I mean, 30 years ago or even more than that, Everything was so much calmer and more relaxed. Everything's been changed now. But in the Bosnian pyramid tunnels and on the Bosnian pyramids themselves, 7.83, our original resonance. You go there, it brings you back to the balance. Element number That's four. That's why they went underground, you think, before? Because well, we got close to the scalar waves? I would say that... Uh, I would say that uh, not always the surface of our planet was safe, you know. Imagine that you had some big catastrophes or some nuclear wars from some other powers. You know, the surface would be contaminated. The next element that we measure in the underground tunnels is high concentration of negative ions. What are the negative ions? Well, that's negative electrical charge. There are positive ions. They are bad for us, and there are negative ions. They are good for us. Why they are good? Because they connect to the dust in the air, 
and then they go down to the floor, so they clear the atmosphere, they raise the level of oxygen in our body, and they remove viruses and bacteria from our body. More negative ions, better for us. In my hotel room, in your home, right now, 100 negative ions per cubic centimeter. But if yeah, I yeah. go downtown Houston, 200. If I go by the river, 400. Village, 700. Mountain in the pine forest, 1,000. Go to the Bosnian pyramid tunnels, 20,000. So it's 20 times healthier than on the top of the mountain in the forest. The next element that is also measurable, you know, we live on the surface. You just asked me about that. Well, it is romantic, kind of blue sky during the daytime and the stars and the moon in the night. However, a lot of cosmic radiation is coming our way. Some of them are harmful for our body. And our body cells fight those enemies. Well, guess what? In the Bosnian pyramid tunnels, 120 feet below the ground, no harmful cosmic radiation. The next element, you and I, we walk the street and we are not even aware that on some places, underground natural radioactivity is coming, hitting our body. So now, our body cells, they need to fight enemies from above and enemies from below. 24 hours, our body cells are busy trying to, you know, protect us. And in the Bosnian pyramid tunnels, we regularly use the Geiger counter and the values for the natural radioactivity are always way below the minimum allowed. And the last two elements, Wi-Fi. Yeah, we are using Wi-Fi to talk. We cannot you know, live without Wi-Fi nowadays, but it works at five gigahertz, very bad frequencies. And the very last one, our cell phones. You and I, I don't know about you, but I do remember, 1979, 1G network. All of a sudden, we got cell phones. We were mobile, but you could do only talks. 1988, 2G. Now, you could text the messages. 1998, 3G. Wow, you can go on internet. 2008, 4G. Much quicker internet. 2018, internet of all things and 5G. Well, 5G means 5 gigahertz, and 5 gigahertz is the frequency of the microwave, and microwave causes the cancer. So, in the Bosnian pyramid tunnels, probably you guessed already, there are no signals for Wi-Fi, there are no signals for the cell phones. Meaning, the moment you enter the tunnels, for the first time in your life, the body cells don't have enemies perfectly protected with only positive energies so the body cells can start doing their job. What is their job? To fix the problems in our body, to start the regeneration process, to start the self-healing process. So now we are coming to one of the most important purposes of the pyramid energy, to protect what is the most precious to us, and that is our health. And again, this is not all. What is the most important liquid in our life? It is water, of course. 
Well, the water that you and I drink at homes or bottled water from the stores does not have viruses, bacteria, no microbes who can drink it, but no microbes because they use chlorine to kill the microbes. And chlorine is the poison. So what we do, we drink poison. We drink traces of fluorides. We drink traces of heavy metals. They don't put those values on the labels, but this is what we drink. The water that we drink is energetically dead. It vibrates very low. And we are what we drink. We are what we eat. We are what we think. If we drink and eat low vibrational stuff, we will vibrate low. Translate it to our behavior. When we are jealous, when we are violent, when we are envy, when we are full of hatred, we vibrate low. And the opposite, if we have love for the whole world, we vibrate high. How do you get those high vibrational ingredients? Well, in the Bosnian Pyramid Tunnels, where we do the archaeological investigation for 14 years now, and where we discovered 1.6 miles of prehistorical tunnels, we discovered five sections with the water. There are the big sections. They are like 200 feet or 500 feet long sections. Well, under, we have under, under the Pyramid Valley. Natural? Under the Pyramid Valley, yes. Natural springs? Well, I'll tell you about it. This water, we wanted to check if it was surface water, even though surface is like 120 feet above us. During the uh, rains, storms, the level of water never goes up. During the dry time, summertime, one month, no rain, the level of water never drops. So the water has been there for a very, very long time, and this is not a surface water. So we have done conventional analysis chemical and microbiological. No viruses, no bacteria. pH is excellent, 7.5. When it comes to pH, probably we know from 0 to 14 is the scale. 7 is neutral, and this is what, is what it is recommended. The water that we drink, usually 6.5 or so, but our blood is not 7. Our blood is from 7.25 to 7.50. And guess what? The Bosnian pyramid water is 7.50 pH. What does that mean? I mean, you can can inject that water directly to your blood. So now we can see that uh, what we did next, we sent samples to uh, one institute in Slovenia. Slovenia, Ljubljana is the capital. The name of the institute is Bion. Bion Institute was using our water, and uh, they were giving it to five Slovenians who were drinking for a week, and they were checking them on the special equipment from Russia called GDV, Gas Discharge Visualization, GDV camera. And the other group was drinking just a regular bottled water from the stores. When you drink bottled water, you know, it does not feed your cells. It, you know, you just drink it and it goes to your body. That's it. But when you drink Bosnian pyramid water, it feeds your cells. 
it's marrow deep. deep, right? Bone marrow deep, like my daughter just died of cancer. With we couldn't get anything to fix her, and had we really thought about it, finding things to make her more natural, maybe bone healing water, exactly. So we realize that pyramid energy actually improves the molecular structure of the water. And when we sent samples to the late Dr. Masaru Emoto from Japan five years ago, we find out that this water from the Bosnian pyramids has beautiful hexagonal structure with a crystal-like structure around it. Why hexagonal? Because hexagon is the perfect geometrical shape when it comes to the energy, the strongest. So now well, you me, see that, yes. I want, I'd like to ask a question. I bet a mad wig on the hour here, Dr. Uh, Sam, just to let you take a little break in between here. But I have a question. Have they, uh, uh, has any of the uh, Catholics uh, put uh, like a statue there, like the Lady of Fatima or Mother Mary or anything for No, no, these are very recent, Mother Mary. But what we did find, uh, we found the symbols which are part of the most ancient form of writing in Europe. It is called runic writing, runic symbols or runes. A rune, yeah, R-U-N-E-S, yes. Well, uh, exactly. Uh, We found eight runic symbols on one of the blocks. And we have done the uh, translation. Uh, You probably know that runic symbols are actually very complex. Uh, Comparing to our alphabet, our alphabet is very, very simple. Matter of fact, our letters in alphabet, A, B, or C, they mean nothing. Letter B means nothing. Only when we put some letters together, we form words, and then they make sense. For example, H-O-M-E, home, well, home makes sense. You read it from left to right. But runes are very complex. Every symbol has a meaning. Every symbol represents one number. Well, did they really come from Norse, the Norse mythology, or do you go with... Back well, I'll tell, you about, was... I'll tell you about that. No, they are not coming okay. from all. They are coming from Central Europe, where uh, Hungary is today. Every symbol, ah. so every symbol has a meaning. Every symbol is a number. Every number has a meaning. In other words, one symbol is very, very complex. And then when you put symbols one next to each other, they communicate from left to right, but also from right to left. And also, the first row with the one below, and also the one below with the upper row. In other words, these are energy symbols. They are very powerful. They are similar to the Mayan symbols. As you probably know, the Mayan symbols were coming in a set of four. So you read them left to right, right to left, up, down, down, up, so... It uh, brings really very complex meaning, so not many people can even, uh, you know, get the trace of the original meaning. So let me make this short. So out of eight symbols that we discovered, this is the translation, this is the interpretation we got. It goes like this. The gate has been closed. 
we are at the standstill. We will need to defend ourselves and conquer until the cosmic gate is open again. Well, besides the first one, we got another one, which was pretty much the same, but they brought in other elements, element of the big water, the flood water. So it is possible that because of this flood water, they were not able to leave. Ah. And so you asked me about the origin of, yeah, you asked me about the origin of the runic symbols. Officially, it is Central Europe, 2,500 years ago. Then it went up to Scandinavia, and then it went to the West, the United Kingdom, 2,000 years back. But these are conventional explanations. Why they are telling us only 2,000 years? Because they are aware that it was so complex that if you start to go back in the past, their theory of us being primitive five, eight, ten thousand years back, you know, would look ridiculous. Now, some independent researchers claim that the runic symbols are eight thousand years old. Personally, I think they are over twelve thousand years old. Wow. Well, we know we brought them back with uh, hobbits, right? You know that we use them in Tolkien Gateway for, uh, you know, runes. Uh, in the uh, events, you've probably seen some events where people dress up uh, like hobbits in Europe, possibly, the fandom. Call it fandom, where the people go to events and use the uh, surf alphabet writing. Um, anyway, it's just another way to get people interested in ancient cultures, the Tolkien English runes. But I used them, too, in learning how to read tarot cards and <laughs> runes too. So there is a following that uh, people believe, and it helps to bring people interested in ancient culture. So, did you say you found these inside the pyramid, or did somebody dig them up? Because we could talk about now, artifacts. Uh, now, I mentioned that those symbols, they were carved on one of the blocks, and this block we discovered in underground tunnels, in the underground tunnels under the Bosnian Valley of the Pyramids. Whoa, so maybe the Nordics were there. Uh, they say they were all over America, the Nor Norwegians, Nordics, and then those yeah. from space as well, because we use a type in space like hieroglyphic, rune, Nordic type of language. Uh, my husband yeah. and I yeah. saw that. Well, of course they are coming. The Vikings are coming from the 10th century on, so it's not big secret that they are coming. The 10th the... dimension, too. <laughs> Yes, to America. You may not be allowed now, to go uh, there. I don't know. Now, <laughs> I just want to tell you a few more things about the energy of the pyramids. Last okay. year, we did an experiment. We were using the seeds of beans. So, two bags with the seeds of beans, we left in the tunnels and one on the top of the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun. And we have the third bag that was our control group our control bag. So we did not expose it to anything. So after two weeks of the incubation period, we wanted to see the germanization process, how many seeds will start growing. In the case of the control group, there's the, you know, right from the store, 60% started growing. 
And this is about right, because we know, you know, if we plant something, not all the seeds will start growing, right? 60%. But the seeds that were exposed to the pyramid energy in the tunnels on the top of the pyramid, 100%. And then we were watching the growth. Since it was beans, the growth season is from May until the end of August, beginning of September. The seeds that were exposed to the pyramid energy, it would grow two times quicker, richer, healthier. Our conclusion, the pyramid energy improves the molecular structure of the food. Oh, they proved that years ago with Egyptian tombs as well, right? Or really the pyramid power, I guess, is what they used to write books about when I was a little girl. In the 60s and 70s, Pyramid Power. Yes, so Pyramid Power is actually just a good book. There are more good books on, you know, on, on this topic, but there are more experiments. For example, our friend from Russia, his name is Dr. Alexander Golod. Alexander Golod uh, built 16 pyramids in Russia and Ukraine. And uh, when I visited him, he was telling me the story about his biggest pyramid near Moscow. He placed five tons of kitchen salt in the pyramid. And then he signed a contract with the Russian government and he shipped the salt to the Russian prison nearby, which has 6,000 prisoners. He went there and he asked those, uh, you know, department chiefs, he asked them to use the salt during the breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's it, just a little salt. After three months, he went back to the prison, talking to the same uh, department chiefs. He was asking them if there were any changes in prisoners' behavior. The answer he got was amazing. Those chiefs, they were telling him, it is like we have a brand new prisoners. The violence level was reduced to 0%. 0%. Now, imagine this. I mean, uh, it's 6,000 prisoners. They always play with the knives or with the guns, killing each other. 0% violence level. Two years later, when his contract expired, he wanted to renew it, and the government rejected. It seems that the governments nowadays, they want us to be violent, so they can step in, and they can control us, and they can manipulate us, and they can take our human rights away. Well, they make money, don't they, off of the uh, prisons? Of course. And so guess it's all what? About money and not, guess what, Teresa? This is not all. Now, in Bosnia, we've been pioneering pyramid research. And a lot of archaeologists, geologists, they don't understand us. When they don't understand you, they laugh at you or they aggressively attack you. But 20 years from now, or 50 years from now, doesn't matter. They will all follow our steps. 
they will need to open the projects for physicists, engineers, medical doctors. Because this is how you can explain the purpose of pyramids. But now we are going to another aspect of the pyramid energy. Our good friend, Professor Konstantin Korotkov from Russia, uh, of University of St. Petersburg, he invented a machine which combines Eastern traditions, India, Tibet, China, about human body, energy aspects, spiritual aspects, with the Western technology. This machine is called BioVell. And BioVell can actually scan your first bioenergy field, which is popularly known as the auric field. In the last three years, we have scanned 1,650 people in Bosnia before they entered Bosnian pyramid tunnels and after they come back in one hour. We have noticed 95% auric field improvement when they come wow. back. We so have the noticed around them, the, like if you hand, put your hands out on each side of you, and we have yes. that already filled exactly. all the way out. And that is, is that Kilian what you're photo- That is photography, but this is one step upgraded. Wow. Now, the next thing, the stress level. The stress level, of course, goes down. Energy in the cells. You need energy to fight diseases and imbalances. Always higher. You're getting more energy after visiting the tunnels. The next thing, chakras. Of course, seven chakras in our human body, 13 altogether with our spiritual bodies. So seven chakras. In most cases, because of the stress level that we've been exposed to, when people come before the tunnels, those chakras are not in the balance. They are not on the one line. And secondly, they are very small. They are closed because of all the stress we have and the pressure. After one visit, those chakras, they are coming closer to the balance and they open up. Why is that important? Once they are open, the energy flows much better, affecting our spiritual, energy, physical, mental level. So now we can... just one hour there? It only takes one hour to get to normal? One hour. One so hour as far as the energy. Field. Well, One I'm coming hour. to, yeah, I'm coming uh, to basically most important thing when it comes to the some serious health problems. How does it affect us? In the last uh, several years, we have received hundreds of testimonials of people before and after, and uh, their health getting improved. For example, people who have asthma who use those inhalators. They go to the tunnels, one visit, or maybe two or three visits, come back, they don't need air pumps for three or six months. People with high blood pressure, they go to the tunnels, they come back, getting normalized. People with a high... Must be the pyramid. I did explain you earlier, remember when I mentioned those 10 elements Combined together, pyramid ah. energies, the best electromagnetic field, the best ultrasound, extremely low frequency of Schumann resonance, negative ah. ions, no cosmic radiations, 
no natural radioactivity, no mobile phone, no cell phone signals, no Wi-Fi signals, and so on. So this is the uh, place under the ground that we have. People who have high sugar in the blood, for example, people come with the sugar 10. What does that mean? Well, if you are on the scale from 3.2 to 6.2, that is normal level. If you are from 6.2 to 10, this is risky group. If you are above 10, it is diabetes. Well, people come with 10. After one visit or two or three visits, it drops to 5.7. So these are, I would call them lighter cases. The more serious cases are tumors, cancers, and others. Well, of course, I have to say that uh, we at our foundation in Bosnia, we don't do healing. We don't give medical guarantees. But we share testimonials of the real people and their health improvement. And those testimonials, they can be found on our website, which is bosnianpyramid.org. Bosnianpyramid.org. We have a link to the healing uh, testimonials, and people can see videos of many people who got healed, or at least whose uh, health uh, improved tremendously. So now we realize, Teresa, that instead of what they've been programming us about the pyramids, pyramids being tombs for pharaohs, built for the one dead body, once we reject that notion, we are coming to the true purpose of pyramids and pyramid energies. Pyramids were built for the living communities to last almost forever, to produce energy which will improve molecular structure of anything and everything. And this energy can be used for the communication, like I mentioned, scalar waves. It can be used to protect our health. It can be used to improve the water. It can be used to improve the food, to improve our auric field, to bring our chakras back to balance, to raise our immunity, to develop our spiritual abilities, to improve the level of energy in ourselves, and so on and so forth. So now it all makes sense. Why would somebody in Egypt spend 5 million tons of material, those blocks, to build you know, a resting place for one dead body? doesn't make sense. Why would somebody spend 20 million tons of material? Imagine how much material you need to maneuver to build the biggest pyramids. And tens of millions of tons of material for the whole complex in Bosnia, five, maybe seven pyramids. It is not about dead bodies. It is about energy machines. So, in conclusion, after 14 years of our research in Bosnia, we have come up with the new definition of the pyramids. This definition is very simple. The pyramids are energy machines. The pyramids are ancient technology. Or the more specific, the pyramids are energy amplifiers. Are what there crystals that? in there too? Can you find <laughs> Okay, good question. Crystals? Let me answer that one. I said that the pyramids are energy amplifiers. And of course, you 
related to the crystal because crystals also receive and amplify the energy. But it's not so simple in the case of pyramids. The location of the pyramids has always been very important. Namely, they would locate the pyramids above very powerful energy potent places. What does that mean? Well, again, we are bringing science in metaphysics. What is energy potent place? We have below the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun, huge iron plate. Why iron? Because iron generates electromagnetic field. The pyramid pulls this energy on the top, amplifying it. How do we know that it amplifies the electromagnetism? Because we have measured. We measured at the base, we measured at the top, at the top, energy is 50 times stronger. The second form of the energy, 21 meters or about 70 feet below the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun, we have underground water stream. When water moves, it releases negative ions. What the pyramid does, it amplifies the concentration of negative ions. And it can be measured, as I explained 20 minutes earlier. The next form of the energy, 55 meters or about 185 feet below the Pyramid of the Sun, another water stream. Between two water streams, we have electrical charge, electricity. Hence, that electrical beam that goes through the top of the pyramid. The next element, quartz crystals. During our archeological excavation, and every year we are busy, all 12 months a year, we've been finding a lot of quartz crystal and a, wow. lot, of material, a lot of material called diorite. And 55% yeah. of diorite is white crystal. And also, in the tunnels, a lot of crystals. Why is that? Voila. The ancients knew the crystal, when it is exposed to the electromagnetic field, through the piezoelectrical effect, it generates ultrasound. And we can measure this ultrasound on the pyramids in the tunnel. It's 28 kilohertz frequency that I mentioned earlier. And this is the frequency of the levitation when you feel very light. The next form of the energy, so-called organ energy, or life energy, or in Eastern tradition, chi energy, or prana energy. Now, William Reich, 70 years ago, he uh, made the first instrument to measure the level of life energy. Basically, in the contaminated cities, on the scale 0 to 100, it's about 25%. In uh, villages, out at open, about 50%. In the pyramids, in Bosnia, 100%. So remember when I said that the pyramids were energy amplifiers and the location was very important? Well, now we realize that below 
the biggest pyramid on the planet, the Bosnian pyramid of the sun, you have several important energy resources and the pyramid amplifies all of them becoming huge energy machine. Therefore, there was a need for the new definition of the pyramids. And I have explained thoroughly the use of this pyramid energy from communication and health, water, food, auric field, spiritual senses, and so on. So now it all really makes sense. It took us a long time, almost 15 years, a lot of obstacles. Everybody was against us. The Bosnian archaeologists, historians, geologists, museum curators, they were writing petitions against us. Minister for Culture was attacking us. European Archaeological Association writing uh, petitions against us. Against us, the leading European archaeological institutes in Berlin, in Kiel, in uh, England, Poland, France, American professors, the most influential Egyptologists against us, Dr. Zahi Havas. There are very powerful tools, Wikipedia, National Geographic Channel, all against us, despite everything. We have survived and we are stronger than ever, bringing the fresh winds in the world of science and archaeology. It will never be the same. We have opened the project for the volunteers, professionals and non-professionals from all over the world. In the archaeological community, the biggest projects, always strictly confidential, the Sphinx research, the Giza underground tunnels research, the Chinese pyramid, the Peru, the Mexican always confidential. You cannot go to the site. You cannot talk to anyone. But not in Bosnia. We are the most open project in the world. You can come, volunteer, become part of the discovery. You can discover. Can we do crystals in Bosnia? Are we allowed? Do you have a tourist place so we can do like in Arkansas? We can go dig up quartz I don't know if well, they mine them or put them out there or not. Well, but we think not in the case of the pyramid because the crystal is a part of the structure. Of course, people can go to the caves nearby. That's fine. But this is part of the structure. So we try to protect the structure for the future generations. So you cannot go to Arkansas and just try digging or uh, go to Brazil and mine the crystal. It is not like that. This is the pyramid. This is the ancient technology. So you don't uh, damage, you don't destroy ancient technology. But what I wanted to say, the volunteers who come and join us, and in the last 10 years only, we had 306, I'm, I'm sorry, 3,650 volunteers from 63 countries. Until last year, I was saying from 62 countries. This year, we got the guy from New Caledonia. You know where New Caledonia is? That's somewhere ah. in the middle of in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, between Australia and uh, and Indonesia. So those volunteers come. They pay for their trip. They pay for the accommodation. They work for free. They are part of the most exciting project on the planet. They discover new concrete blocks from the ancient times. They discover some of the new uh, tunnels belonging to prehistorical times. They discover artifacts. They discover organic material. You know, 
10, 20 years from now, they'll be able to talk to their kids and the grandkids, telling them, hey, I was there when they needed me. This is what we discovered. And despite all of those, Wikipedia and all these paid people who try to stop the progress, I'm so proud to say, thanks to those guys who have been part of the project, you know, we've been getting closer to the truth and to the ancients. In archaeology, there are five questions. The first one is what? What is this? You know, this is the pyramid complex. The second question is, who? Well, we don't have an answer on that one. What we do know, though, is that there were very advanced civilizations. They knew the power of four-sided pyramids on our planet. The question number three, when? 34,000 years back. The question number four, how? Partially, we answered that. We have the oldest, the best quality concrete on the planet. And the question number five, why? The most important question. Well, we have the most answers there through our experiments and proves what the pyramid energy was used for. Amazing that you're doing all that and you're bringing all of our associations together and making us talk to each other in a better light because we didn't know all this. So you're very open-minded, but you're visual. Can you uh, can you tell us, do you feel inspired? Because we talk a lot about the Allied Command Stargates now, and I felt like that's why I'm mad, and Ken and I, Ken didn't show up tonight. I'm sure there's a good reason, uh, but can you help us, Doc? Call you Dr. Sam in our in our associations, but in our UFO association, there's a lot of different people, a lot of different camps around the same campfire, the same narrative that yes, UFOs we believe are real. However, the spiritual side belongs to the pyramids because they people believe that that is where many of the answers to the stargates come from. And I wanted to ask you. For our Allied Command Stargates and how the, all the pyramids uh, relate to the grid of uh, the Akashic field or the space above for all the uh, libraries of all the different races out in space, is there any narrative that you've been able to add in ancient culture's origins that makes sense to us in the UFO Association versus well, OCO Association? You mentioned, uh, you mentioned Akashic records. Now, Akasha is the notion that there exists a spiritual library, like uh, yes. encyclopedias, in this spiritual aspect. And people, if they master the technique, they are able to tap into this vast um, area of knowledge. Well, yeah, it's kind of like a radio, right? Like a radio airwave yeah, and the pyramids like help you. Well, you know... Uh, I respect everyone who deals, doesn't matter, spiritual or physical science. When it comes to spiritual science, what we lack is the scientific methodology. What uh, we have uh, as a challenge in the physical science, you know, when physical scientists come to the world, you know, he doesn't know what to do next because he does not have clues from the spiritual aspect. 
So we need to combine those two sciences, physical and spiritual science. Well, we did now, the medical. We call it the placebo yes, effect. Yes, we are, we are, <laughs> we've been trying to do that in the last few decades, and that's good. But you see, there is, a, for example, you see the Kashik record readers, and some of them, they have their offices, they work commercially, they can tell you about your reincarnations, about your previous lives. Basically, you go to their office, just in Houston, we have dozens of them. You go to their ah. office, you know, they tell you, okay, lay on this couch, they put the hands above your head, and then they start telling you stories. For example, 2,000 years back, you were Cleopatra. And then you go home happy. Wow, I was the most powerful, the most beautiful Egyptian queen. But then you go on internet, and then you find out that there is there was a woman in Canada. She was Cleopatra also. There was another woman in United Kingdom. She was Cleopatra also. So the question is, when it comes to the channeling, when it comes to the Akashic Record reading, the question is, how do we verify those information? Well, what I did in one of my books, I tried to bridge this gap between physical and spiritual science. I have uh, applied scientific protocols in a Kashik record area. So I done the experiment with the six Akashic record readers. They didn't know who they're going to be talking to too, so they, they could not prepare. But they didn't know me. They didn't know what I was going to ask them. They could not communicate among themselves. And I would show them a presentation. I had like 25 slides with the pictures of uh, some mysterious archaeological sites. For example, Machu Picchu in eastern Peru. Or Gobekli Tepe in eastern Turkey, or Yonaguni monuments on the bottom of the Pacific floor of the coast of Japan, or pyramids in Egypt, Mexico, Bosnia, and so on. So I show them one picture, and I ask all of the same questions. Who, when, how, why? So in my book, which is called The Ancient History from Beyond the Wave, I have one side, my questions, and then six answers. So now, for the first time, you are able to compare those answers. And you can see if the Akashic records for real, if those Akashic record readers are for real. So what I did when I chose them, I had some of them with a two years experience, some of them with more than four years of experience in Akasha reading. So now wow. this is a really good book, and uh, my seven recent books can be read free of charge. And they are Dr. on my Sam. website. They are on my website called booksbydrsam.com. 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 And among those seven books is the one about the Akasha and the Akasha, Akashic uh, uh, record experiment. Is that the and by the way, since you, mentioned the the, yeah, since you mentioned the connection between Akasha and UFOs, all six Akashic record readers, when asked 
about the Bosnian pyramid of the sun answered it is of extraterrestrial origin. It was yeah. not humans who built this complex in Bosnia, but the, being, but the beings from the other star system. I knew it. I knew it. I really believe that because of the dream I had. It's on the radio show. I had a few uh, a week or two ago, and uh, I was just really excited about. I was scared at first about having a dream from a lucid dream to another place in space. However, quantum physics teaches us we're not just in our bodies. So that goes with the Bosnian pyramids because I went to the park and it was called Peace Park and I had to do a, a two finger sign to people from all over the universe to teach them. Uh, but Dr. Sam, that your park there with the, the uh, top of the cinnamon, it's the uh, spiral. We've only got like 20 minutes left, but can you speak to that spiral in the park? Because in my place, I went to another place in space that uh, Ahmed believes me. Uh, I don't know how else to say it. I can't prove it to you, Dr. Sam, but I've died in this life uh, several times and come back with a, some type of larger mission. But this time was communications, but I had no idea I was going to do that. But yeah, so I have some type of connection with these uh, beings, and they say it's just like tuning a radio channel in the old days in the 50s, except now we have TV and now we have the Internet, right? So it just depends on your level of understanding. But this is another place in space that's just like here. So your, your Bosnian pyramids, in my mind, when I saw that, I'd never seen that, uh, but that's what – I was like, I've been there, but I've never been to Bosnia, but I went, but I've been there. So I know that there's something in me like a time traveler because I've been to that park with that thing, that circle or the spiral of life in Bosnia. So how can I do that? It doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> okay. Now you mentioned the important thing, spiral. Now we are coming to wider entry which is called elements of sacred geometry sacred geometry spiral as uh, the one that uh, that is replica of the fibonacci formula that yeah, spiral golden, is ratio. yeah. Golden, ratio. Yeah. golden ratio golden ratio golden your ratio can be expressed uh, uh, as a number which is 1.618 two most important numbers number pi 3.14 and the golden ratio or golden section 1.618. Why these numbers are important? When you have elements of sacred geometry, they amplify the energy. How do we know that? Well, let's go to Egypt. We take the Great Pyramid of Egypt, for example. The length at the base is 200. 31 meters. Two bases, 462 meters. Divided by height of 147 meters, the result is 3.14. So, number pi. Now, those numbers have been applied in many pyramids and megalithic sites around the world. And then shapes like triangle, you know, equilateral triangle, 
like hexagon, they've been applied also. They all help the energies to be amplified. Now, what you mentioned in Bosnia, the park, in the last four years, since I have this business in Houston and I'm the biggest donor of the Bosnian Pyramid Project, I decided to buy 15 properties near the entrance to the tunnels. And those properties were muddy, swamp, neglected, you know, filthy. So we cleared all of that and we transformed it all together into one beautiful park. And in this park, we started building different installations. For example, stone circles, labyrinths, double spirals, then, you know, meditation platforms, yoga platforms, concert stage for the spiritual music, conference halls for the lectures on nutritionism, spirituality, you know, different forms of life in universe and so on. You know, spiral botanical gardens. And I have opened the park for everyone. I don't charge any entrance fee. I don't charge for the parking in front of the park. We don't charge for the, you know, usage of the installations. Why not? Because what? we want people. <laughs> but it's very expensive, obviously. Well, yeah. the reason why... We want people to feel free. We want to You're bring them. You're going to put them. them in the future. You realize that. Not everybody can you. do what I did. And, and I was shocked myself. I mean, I know how to you know, work outside your body and travel the cosmos. But this is an anchor point, your place in Bosnia. A man could tell you. Uh, I don't know how, but he was there. But how can people do that? Is that where we are now? Are we going to teach interdimensional where we don't need fossil fuels anymore? We just travel with consciousness and come back to our bodies? Is this some of the old ancient uh, mystery schools? Because I feel like you're doing in reality what I've got right here in a book that I hand wrote. Everything you just <laughs> described about the park and everything, I, I channeled that for myself back in the 80s. And it's amazing to me that you're doing it. Now, the other thing is we had spaceports where the spacecraft could take off, like the pyramids. Some of them were uh, landing ports. But you've got the oldest bus stop. And we would say the Orion Belt was the bus stop. And then I've got, got a five stars for the five pyramids. And we wore that on our uniforms. And I've put that out there. It's out there before we even talked. But I didn't know it all meant the same thing. But I do see that now. So what is that called? It, I have clear insight sometimes, but it just materializes. So manifesting. And I'm, I get real excited, Dr. Sam, because you are the walking, talking. You said I couldn't use ambassador, but that's what you are. Because in America, we're allowed to say goodwill ambassadors. And you come from Houston. And Houston gave me that title as a goodwill ambassador, May 10th, 1967, to work with ACIR. And I had no idea I was going to meet you, but I didn't know I was going to meet Wayne Dyer or Zig Ziglar either. But they're big people. Are, I guess they're past. I don't know if Zig has, but I know that Wayne Dyer did. But you're one of those kind of people that I look for on the planet. You have uh, magical gifts with your energy, and you're teaching people, not charging them. So how is this going to work for all our associations? We're 
community building around the world globally. So what do we call you? <laughs> okay, goodwill ambassador is fine. Now, Teresa, what you experience is uh, you were using one of your spiritual senses. You know, you were achieving astral projections. Now, when it comes to the spirituality, there's a lot of confusion. People don't know what this uh, term is used for. When I went to school decades ago, they were teaching us spirituality equals religious. Spirituality has nothing to do with the religions. Spirituality is advancement of our spiritual senses. We use spirituality so we can sense the world beyond our physical reality. Our physical reality we learn through our five physical senses. We can see, we can hear, we can touch, we can smell, we can taste. These are five physical senses. But there is much more than that. For example, what we can hear is on the scale from 10 hertz to 20 kilohertz. Below 10 hertz, there is a whole new universe of sound called infrasound. Above 20 kilohertz, it's many more sounds that are, that are called ultrasound. We cannot hear them. We can measure them, though. So imagine that we can hear more than our physical sense. You know, we could hear so many different tones, so many different sounds. The same thing goes for our eyesight. Imagine that we can see much more, you know, than what we see. We, we could see the world filled with spiritual entities, with uh, ghosts, with uh, all kinds of different uh, beings and so on. Well, if we start developing our spiritual senses, should be able to see and do much more. The first five spiritual senses are counterparts with our physical senses. But then we have 25 senses, spiritual senses more. One of them is, for example, we can feel other people's energies. We can yes. feel other people's auric field. And then and be overwhelmed. Be yes. overwhelmed and when then, your nervous system shakes, like a exactly. bell. And then with the training, we can start seeing other people's energy fields. We can start seeing the colors in other people's auric fields. We can start I did seeing... that when I was young. I lost that, you though, doctor. My eyes changed. And I, I know you're there supposed you to see them with your soul, but I can't there see my auras anymore. Yes. We can see other people's chakras and how open they are. And then what we can do, we can exchange thoughts. So telepathy is the spiritual sense as well. We can move objects with power of our mind. Telekinesis yes. is the spiritual sense as well. We can move our soul out of our physical body in controllable way. Astral projection is one of our spiritual senses as well. And finally, we can move through space and time.
time. Teleportation is also yes. our ability. To and these ETs do that, don't they? That's what I learned from the Bosnian pyramids because who else would teach me except in my dreams? And they, they, but then I was conscious, so I don't. I'm trying to put together the feelings with the words, just like the old times. They, we don't have the words today that they tried to teach all this. So you're coming back and helping everybody know what has been lost. And I know it, but I don't know how to say it, even though I've studied ancient mystery schools in the Ascension Age, right? I, I know right. how to say it in the old language, in English. But you, you're getting you, – so you understand the 32 mystery schools. You said 25 plus, seven chakras or something, right? Yes, yes. So what we have uh, – let me finish with the teleportation because that's the most important one. Yeah. In order to develop teleportation abilities, and we all have those seeds, Teresa. In order to develop it, there are two prerequisite, prerequisite items. One, technique, and we can master the technique. And the other one is energy field strong enough. And guess what? In the ancient times, when the original and the biggest and the most superior pyramids were built, they were producing very strong energy fields. And the strongest fields were during the time when our planet was the strongest. When is that? The summer solstice, June 21st. And the alternate dates? Equinox, spring equinox in March, fall equinox in September. And that's yeah. the reason why the ancient people celebrated those days, because our mother planet was healthiest and they could use their most advanced spiritual senses. So imagine... We also Teresa, plant, you, don't we? We yes, plant our seeds and we harvest. And, uh, you know, spring is plant and fall is harvest that go with that energy, right? Born and we, everything has a season. So back to you. I'm sorry. Yes. So <laughs> imagine that you and I can use that ability to travel through space and time. Number one, oh. we would realize that we are forever. Our physical bodies are for one use only, but our souls, they are almost forever. So there is no need to fear anything. We don't fear physical death. We don't fear losing the job. We don't fear losing our savings account, our homes, our cars. We are free. We don't fear elites. We don't fear our bosses in the corporate world, media world, politics, religion. We don't fear anything. We become free people. Once we are free, the organization we have today will collapse. What is the organiza social organization today? Well, we have elites, less than 1% of people who owns more than 90% of the resources of our planet. And 99% of the people struggle in daily life. So the story about the pyramids, as we can see after two hours, it's not a story about another archaeological discovery. 
It is a story about our present and even more about our future. The pyramid energy will give us free energy. With the free energy, everything all will collapse. No more oil and gas industry, coal industry, nuclear power plants, energy lobbies are not there no more. Automobile industry as we know it, petrochemical, chemical, and so on. Free energy will free us. And the second pillar of that future society is free flow of knowledge. Free energy, free knowledge, and with those two pillars, we will have the base for the free women and free men. Amen. We have the free people. Amen. We have the free people of the Cosmos organization I've been asked to work with. So we'll put your organization with many others in association with consciousness and space exploration to free people of the cosmos with like-minded individuals uh, that want to socialize. And uh, it's amazing that you're doing this work. But so your country, you're born in, in Bosnia or America or both? Yeah, at that time it was Yugoslavia. Now it is Bosnia, yes. So you were born there, but how did you become – you can live in Houston as... Uh... Well, uh, I, I moved to Houston uh, you know, almost 30 years back. But then when I discovered the Bosnian pyramids, I moved back to Sarajevo because it's, it's a huge project, so important for humanity. If people want to learn more about how to become volunteer, how to come to Bosnia, where to sleep, what to see, our official website, Bosnian Pyramid dot org bosnianpyramid.org they can come visit us they will enjoy and for many people who came it was life-changing experience i believe that and just changed my life just uh i, I don't really want to well i'll just tell you i watched it on tv but when i my my physical body being a precog and a like a uh bilocator human i have to stay very uh, uh separate from most people i'm a i'm a hermit but i just watched it on my big tv and i got sick at my stomach because i i had that memory of space travel and sometimes the places like bosnia now this is just coming from my old soul was that the reason we uh, went from one uh, stargate to another uh, was to actually travel the cosmos in space. But uh, when I just want you to know that the, it brings up memories, and some uh, DNA maybe or RNA, I don't know, but it just brings up memories of being able to do that. So while I'm in a human form, um, you know, people healing their bodies while they're here so they can learn. But this is the next chapter, I believe, for humanity is uh, space travel and also uh, dimensional. I don't know how we're going to teach that, but I know that you're chosen to help, Dr. Sam. So thank you so much. We're at the end of this recording. Uh, Mad, do you want to say goodnight and ask him back? Allied Command Stargates is what we're hoping to share. Mad, are you still there? I'm here. I ain't gone anywhere. <laughs> well, did, I enjoyed uh, the show. It's 
very informative, and he's welcome back anytime. Dr. Sam, would love to have you come back, and maybe you can teach us the next chapter or the next session. Uh, maybe we can do live, and you can teach us, too, more about uh, stargates and space travel and Bosnian being one of the oldest. I feel that yeah. the five stars and the ETs that – I don't know how you'd say it on the other side, maybe uh, – they they give us knowledge. I don't know how we would share it other than to just find a language between Bosnia and Houston or the USA, if that's okay. And let's uh, we'll go to your books, folks. Uh, books by Do- Dr. Sam, isn't it? Do- those yeah. are the free ones, and you can get them on Amazon because I want to promote your books, and I personally want to read as much as I can. I feel like Dr. Sam, even though you're younger than me that you were chosen to do this work because I have too much of my own work in parallel with yours. And I'd love to show you when I got this first magic that came to the earth, which doesn't make sense when you say it, but there's sound waves coming from the pyramids. And I feel like you doing the Bosnian pyramid was intentional to show people the various levels and the tones and the music and the healing and everything you said and the energy you just seem to know it all. You put it together properly. And the only thing that people can look at is maybe some levels of consciousness we had, you know, with the uh, teachings, esoteric. And you said you did study some about the soul and some of the ancient uh, esoteric universal laws. You, you've studied that because how do you know so much? Did you go through <laughs> ancient tribal rituals or – you just know last two days, last two days I was in Canada having workshops six hours long, and you and I talked just for two hours. And six hours is just introduction to what I lecture and present. Okay, so you can come to some of ours. We have two a year here in Florida, and uh, with our group here, our spiritual group, and lots of vendor rooms. And then uh, I know you're going to be teaching uh, for Lorian Fenton and Doc, uh, is it Bill Brown that has the one in Laughlin? Yes. He started. Uh, Bill, Brown. Mm-hmm. Bill Brown. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. he had a, a franchise, and I believe he sold International UFO Congress, and they moved it to uh, uh, Phoenix for five years. And then uh, I think uh, some people bought that franchise. And now he's gone back and to Laughlin again, where he started back to his roots. So you'll be there October, but he said somewhere in March. No, no, I'll be, there. I'll be there in March. Oh, second March twenty twenty. March. It is actually Robert Brown, Rob Bob Brown. Bob Brown, yes, okay. Robert Brown, Bob Brown, okay, and Laughlin and, and, and the uh, Aquarius. Yes. And you said it's the Megacon, UFO Megacon? UFO Megacon, yes. Okay. And you're going to do the one with Marta. She does every two years the Global Pyramid Conference. In yes, correct, October. in Chicago. Chicago, right. October 3rd, 2020. Global Pyramid Network she has, and uh, she's doing that 2020. Is that right? So uh, we'll keep up. If it's 
Well, I definitely want to keep up with you uh, much better than I have now that I have time on Earth and because I'm learning from you. So I hope all my associations will appreciate what you have to offer because you're allowing us to do so much with the ancient cultures. Did you do Bruce's show, my friend Bruce Cunningham's show? No, we postponed that. Oh, Bruce is so great. Oh, my gosh. And you met him in the Philippines or with Marta in Chicago? Well, I met him in the U.S. and then in the Philippines. I visited him in the Philippines while he was there, and then he came back recently to U.S. Uh, did you see the uh, old ancient ruins there where he lives? Yes, yes. Okay. Well, that's part of all of your charm is the fact that you travel the world. So if it's okay, then we'd like to have you back and maybe do a video with you or uh, at least a Zoom or something and uh, put more of this intelligence together. And uh, we're putting together world science webinars, and we'll just see how it goes, Doctor. I hope that your country in Bosnia is as happy with you as we are. I know people all over the world are tuning in. You have the best of everything because you're able to go and travel and tell us yes. and take videos. So will you still do photography in your books? Will you still put pictures yes. in your books? Exactly, yes, of course. And make some more documentaries about how we're going with the stargates. And because I believe so many of us are already getting into the dimensional travel, but we don't know how to talk about it. It's very shocking if you're not accustomed. And uh, I studied the ancient mystery schools since 1984. So uh, ancient mystery schools, it was Ascension. And they gave me this magical pyramid with all these sound waves coming out of it. And it just came down to a computer. And we didn't, it was in 90, between 90, I think it was 1993, 90 and 94, uh, because it was in Hawaii. But the little gentleman was from India and his wife was into Ayurveda, but uh, he pushed back his little seat, his little steno chair on uh, rollers, and he sh he fell on his bottom on the cement floor in the computer shop where I was because I didn't have the uh, computer printers or anything, and he was going to help me with my brand for this ET uh, group, and I was explaining it to him, and it popped on the computer. Now, this was way before, well, it wasn't way before, but we didn't have Windows 95, and we weren't connected. We didn't have the Internet connection, so it shocked the heck out of him. So I don't know where it came from, but it's everything you're doing with the Bosnian Pyramid and the energy coming out of it. So it's the same thing. I've just got to find out how to talk a language, and you just started. So I didn't know you knew so much about what's happening to me, so... I guess I'm, I, if it's okay, then we'll call you a goodwill ambassador. Okay, that's fine. All right. Well, uh, doctor, uh, we'll always list your uh, domains, and I'm going to grab all your books, and we'll put them in our ACO association. And do you, do you or your country have any opposition to the word UFO or UFO association? Is that a problem for your? personality or your job? Uh, it's still not very accepted um, uh, term. Yeah. People talk about it, but um, generally, you know, mainstream has not been accepting it. So, Can we put you under advanced communications agency? Would that be okay to speak? That's fine. 
All right. I know we have to check with you. So I'll be in constant contact, I hope. But you travel the world. And Dr. Sam, thank you so much for giving us of your time and your, your knowledge and your energy and your healing. And uh, we're just pleased to have you in our our little group that uh, does radio. And uh, thank you so much. And uh, you'll be I'll be able to get your PDF for 2020 as soon as possible or help you in virtual reality. If there's any way I can, just let me know, please. And we'll do more of this when you can. All right. Thanks a lot. Thank you. And uh, stay well. All right. We'll promote your website. That's the easiest thing to do, folks. It's Dr. Sam. And we'll promote his books. Thank you, Doctor. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Bye, Dr. Sam. All right, Ahmed, we're going to get off of here, I guess. Uh, you're right. He's very educated. He's very intelligent. You, you like him, don't you? Oh, yeah. I've had him on a couple of times. We didn't get to ask any questions. Oh, you didn't get to ask your question. My wife said that. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's... He, I tried to in the middle, so uh, I, we're going to have to have him back. But can uh, can, can you go on Skype? And uh, but we will definitely have him back. I'm going to get his schedule, and we're just going to have to tell him. We're going to have to have a Q and A with him because he likes to do sessions, and I think that's teaching sessions, right? Yeah, he's used to per- being a promoter and, and getting up there presenting. Yeah, presenting as a lecture. All right, well, we've got another one to do tomorrow night. Now, he's in town. I don't know if we could get him to come back for Q&A, but he said he's in town Friday. But if, if you want to, we can ask if he can come on. Uh, do you have your Q&As we can write out? I mean, not the answers, but the questions. We can send them to them, and oh, he'll record just, it whenever he has time. They just right. hit me as though, uh, when he's talking. Yeah, yeah. I, I felt like when I when I said something, it disrupted his thoughts, and because uh, I'm sure he's used to just a stream of talking because he's used to being on a platform, right? All right. Well, we better get off of the radio because we're still on, as far as I know. So uh, I guess we'll <laughs> yeah, talk. Tom- we'll talk tomorrow, uh, and we'll do, see if we can get a Q and A. If not, immediately tomorrow, whatever comes up about the pyramids and that time travel. I really. He said he takes six hours just as an introduction, and he did. Apparently, he was running off of. Uh, his notes and sessions as to what needs to be covered to introduce him to all our associations. So we'll get this together. This is very, uh, very impressive. He's got my mind buzzing. You know, of course, he, we all want to ask Q and A. So we're going to have to figure out how to do something like that. But maybe that will be uh, what we do with him and the uh, visual as well, because he's so uh, likable and comes across television very well. Well, thank you, Matt. You and me aren't that popular as far as going on television, but we'll figure it out. So uh, can you and I talk tomorrow? And I hadn't heard from Ken, so he may still be on the road tele- uh, flying in from the conference because yeah, he didn't no answer problem. me. Okay, well, let's do tomorrow. 
folks, I know that uh, for most people, like you said, UFO isn't very well accepted. But for some reason, I guess pyramids is getting its place in space. But he didn't seem to have a problem talking about time travel or uh, astral travel. And uh, maybe there's something, too, that, that that might wind up being the normal. I'm mad, you know? Who knows, right? We don't know. So intrigue, fascination. Pay attention to Mad Painter, please. On uh, Mad Painter uh, has his own YouTube channel, and he's an up-and-coming, in my life anyway, uh, one of the great uh, discoveries, and I'm going to claim it. <laughs> Like Janet Carol Lesson claims discovering me. I'm going to claim I discovered a man, but <laughs> Revolution Radio has had him forever. But uh, anyway, it's it's just a common thread. But he uh, is a great science fiction writer. He's hot, like Philip K. Dick. So go check him out. He's got a uh, new little short story called Concern. So in there, C-E-R-N. I'm going to put in a plug for him for that. And he's uh, edited my book called Allied Command Odyssey by Teresa J. Morris. Or did you put T.J. Thurman Morris? What name? What name did you put on our book? Right. On your book, I haven't put the title on it yet. I'm just waiting on you to read it first, and we'll figure out what you want written on it. Uh, the new magazine coming out in, a, in about a week has got one of my stories in it called "The Man Who Broke the Moon." And uh, they can read one of them there. Is it got T.R. Becker on there? Or uh, that's your series for the Allied Command every two months, like a little e-zine, isn't it? You're gonna put our yeah, that's the magazine. Magazine, okay. And that's got T.R. Becker on it. Uh, well, that's I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I signed it a mad painter. A mad painter does the art. Becker does the words. I did all the articles in the in the in the magazine, so (laughs) (laughs) how'd that happen? I don't know. We'll have to talk about that. (laughs) He wanted to get it done, so he got in a hurry, so we all just let him do it. So we'll put that together. So I'll hope to hear from Ken tomorrow. But uh, so I'm mad. You think you can join me tomorrow? And I'll let you know if Dr. Sam, uh, I'll yeah. try to give him a call tomorrow because he said he was in town Thursday or Friday to get what we needed. So I'll try. Try one more time. All right. Well, everybody, if not, we'll be back. And then next week we have John Shaughnessy on next Wednesday that sat right next to Dr. Sam. And we didn't really get to have a visiting talk kind of, you know, roundtable with the Mad and Dr. Sam, but uh, we were just glad to have Dr. Sam after last night. He didn't. He was stuck on an airplane, so I'm sure he had pre- prepared whatever it is he wanted, and it was excellent. So we'll still try to get a and A session or a roundtable. That's what me and the Mad like. We like to find stuff out. So we'll try one more time, folks, because he's in our little group. So as a teacher now and as a webinar, as a lecturer. And uh, he's going to be lecturing all over the world. He's a very, very busy man. All right, Ahmed, thank you for all your help. I guess I'll uh, talk to you tomorrow, okay? All right, have a good evening. Thank you so much, and tell your wife thank you, and we'll try to get some more time with uh, you and Dr. Sam, of course. All right, thank you, Cheryl. (laughs) No problem. (laughs) I did promote your husband, though. I love your husband. (laughs) 